Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by Dave Horowitz to talk about, well, frankly, mostly Michael Keaton. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Things are clearing up here in Los Angeles. Yeah, it was a gloomy AM. What What's going on? I feel like, as a San Francisco native, I feel like I somehow moved to the Sunset District. That's a shout out to my man Al Madrigal out there. Nice. The nice. native of the Sunset District. Sure. I lived in the. I lived in the. Is uh, it known for its gloomy mornings? Yeah, sure. Okay. The, well, certainly the Sunset and the Richmond. Okay. If you're talking about gloomy mornings, the Sunset and the Richmond is where you're going to want to go. That's where you're getting maximum gloom. Absolutely. Um, and I can't tell the difference between the Sunset and the Richmond after 25 years of living in San Francisco. I still can't remember. One of them is north of Golden Gate Park. One of them south of Golden Gate Park. The three people who were on my side, because I'm a San Francisco native, mm-hmm. two of those three people grew up in either the Sunset or the Richmond and have now been alienated completely. All I know is you got to have the clam chowder while you're there. In the bread bowl. <laughs> in the bread bowl. Because that's how they have it down there. That's how, yeah. Local delicacy, right? Uh, oh, go oh, couldn't be more. Sure. I grew up, I grew up eating chowder for, bre- we called it chowder. Mm-hmm. Uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Be, I mean, you just be, you know, you'd be on the playground, and you would hear the the familiar jingle of the bells of the chowder man. <laughs> He's pushing his chowder cart. He has his uh, satchel full of bread bowls. As that, and he fil- you know, as that recording in the chowder truck got uh, older and older, it started to get creepier and creepier. Yeah. I found I started to have chowder based nightmares. Sure, and it wasn't a song; it was just a guy saying, "Time for chowder." <laughs> Except chowder out of a truck. Chowder time. Chowder time. Sure. Chowder time. So you could see how eventually that would start to kind of freak you out. You're just trying to play in the cool jungle gym, the one that's plastic tubes. Sure. Um, Let's welcome our guest onto the program. Why don't we? Uh, You might know him from his uh, acclaimed internet television series, uh, Downers Grove on the WB.com, uh, also a regular at the uh, Upright Citizens Brigade Theater here in Los Angeles, uh, Dave Horowitz. How are you, sir? Hey, guys. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great. It's <laughs> you, great to have you here. Do you Dave. have any uh, special folksy chowder memories you'd like to share? You are from, you're from chowder country. I'm from the, the heart of, ch- <laughs> of chowder America, Boston, <laughs> Massachusetts, uh, which is, that's what we call the chowder America. Oh, that's what you called America, or that's or what you Massa- called Boston? Is that what you called Massachusetts? Uh, yeah. Um, or the Mid-Atlantic region. No, Massachusetts itself is just a... That's a New England state. Well, it's shaped like a bread bowl. Right. Yeah. If you've ever seen it on a map. Oh, sure. That's why it's they like, call it America's bread bowl. I haven't ever seen it on a map, but I trust you. Well, yeah. You got Italy shaped like a boot. <laughs> Michigan sure. shaped like a mitten. Yeah. Massachusetts, bread bowl. Oh, wait. Well... Yeah, yeah. I'll, sta- I'll stand by that. <laughs> sure, you know what? Yeah, just stick there. I'm actually a native of California. We're famous for being shaped like a boner. 
mm. a downward twisty boner. Mm. That in Florida, right? Yeah, the two, the boner states. The boner states. <laughs> America's falling boners. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a reminder. Uh, it, they they shape them that way to remind us about the perils of empire. <laughs> sure. God shaped them that way. You mean um, to remind us about the perils of empire? It really, it really has been odd. Well, you've been in. You were actually just in Boston, right, Jordan? Uh, yeah, I was. I was there for the uh, the Dew Tour, the Mountain Dew MTN Dew Tour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I only realized that recently that they. How long has Mountain Dew dropped the mountain? How long has it been just MTN Dew? Does anyone know? I'd say a good four years. Wow, that's a good guesstimate. I mean, and that's as long as I've been in the in my in the Mountain ex- Dew-based in industry. <laughs> in the extremity business. Sure. I think they had a meeting and determined that there was... Had, there was the kids don't know what mountains kids, are anymore. Kids don't know what mountains are. Kids know what abbreviation is because it takes less time to read. Mm-hmm, and right. the less reading you can do while you're slamming a do, well, the, yeah, I, right? the better. I yeah. think what it goes to show is that we're living in the management era. Uh, where if you have vowels in your, like each vowel in your word is uh, sort of a credit against your word. So, you know, just as Tumblr uh, or Flickr is missing one vowel and, and MGMT are missing all their vowels, Mountain Dew knew that it had to drop at least some vowels. Yeah, and look at that math. Tumblr and Flickr, pretty popular. Right. MGMT, incredibly popular. Right. Mountain Dew, Arguably, the most popular. And they cut, they cut <laughs> it the is most, most popular. Yeah. As, okay. Well. That's why. That's why. That's why Mr. Rogers is now spelled M R R G R S. <laughs> He's literally the most popular man in America. Because of death. that change that he made. <laughs> his he's... corpse is more popular than his living being ever was. Well, he's <laughs> he surpassed Bub Hoop. <laughs> Mr. Rogers is the Tupac of children's entertainers, even more popular in death than he is in life. You know, it, it's a, it's, it, there was some big contro- Mr. Rogers-related controversy this past year in PBS oh, no. when they stopped feeding us. They, they paired it back to like one feed episode of Mr. Rogers a week or something like that. And uh, from, from like four a day on the PBS national satellite feed, it was very controversial, seen as a big move against Mr. Rogers. I feel like at this point, public broadcasting system, you, you could have just taped him. You know, you've had your shot to record enough Mr. Rogers is to last. Wait, I, I guess I, I'm confused what people were up. So, so PBS enough. was not they airing enough. Live, they weren't live feeding. See, every station plays what they want to play. Okay. But they weren't live feeding enough episodes okay, per so if, day. So if, if, you know, if the PBS station in, you know, Madison, Wisconsin wanted to play eight Mr. Rogers, they didn't even have the option? Here's the reality of the situation, Jordan. Okay. You, if you're a kid... You're watching the one where he where he visits a factory and something happens to Daniel Striped Tiger. That's every episode of the show. It doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. how many different episodes. You've seen one, you've seen them all. You could feed the same episode to a 3-year-old kid every day. It's impo- and all that you what you're feeding them is the comfort of the kindest man of all time. Boundless positivity, and, and, cardigans. And hmm. that exists within any given episode of Mr. Rogers. You don't need Puppets multiple. Puppets with strangely similar voices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, while we're complaining about uh, public media, sure. I, I, something stuck in my craw on the way over. Absolutely. Let's uh, hear it. I was listening to The World. Oh, yeah. 
Um, uh, from Public Radio International, uh, the BBC, and WBUR in Boston. Yes. Okay. And they were doing a story about... Wait. Let me guess. Child rappers in Africa. No. Uh, uh. Oh, wait. Hold on. Child rappers in Mexico collaborating with... A, mar- a mariachi band and an Iranian metal group. And also one of those, uh, one of those tube and throat singers. Yeah, no. no uh-uh. But that music was playing in the background <laughs> all throughout the story. <laughs> um, sort of like this. It was a lot like that. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Gotta, I feel like that's the world's philosophy. You gotta just poke like, yourself. If you gotta, yeah, you gotta throw a little. Uh, what is that? What's that? Um, Adam's apple. Uh, oh, you can do it without. Wait, hold on. Oh yeah. Hold on, Jordan. Okay, no, 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 no. I'll just gonna keep my. I'm gonna keep my clever observation on hold while you guys make noises. We're the next Smothers Brothers, by the way. Just as they wove together comedy and upright bass and banjo or whatever it was that they played, we weave together comedy and tube and throat parody, specifically faux tube and folks throat singing. And if you guys are lucky, maybe later. I'll throw in my impression of those things that you turn upside down and, and makes a little cow noise. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, yes. But I'll just I'll tease that for now. Okay. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, leave sure. them wanting more. Sorry, Jordan. Um, they were doing a story about some uh, Danish uh, fashion company that is building a robot. So when you buy clothes online, this <laughs> robot will show you what the clothes will look like on you. And they were what? using – and they kind of started off – they were using <laughs> the Terminator as an example. They're like – you know, it kind of started off like, you know, in 1984, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator showed us, you know, that even robots are concerned with fashion. And they played the clip. It was like where Arnold goes, give me your clothes. Um, and uh, and then the, the Danish – and then he's like – and then the – a Danish clothes manufacturer has created a shape-shifting robot to show people what online clothes purchases will look like on them. And they go to the Danish clothes guy, and he's like, yes, my uh, my inspiration was, of course, the Terminator, because I wanted to create a shape-shifting robot to show people what clothes would look like. The Terminator is not a shape-shifter. No, the T-1000 the is a shape-shifter yeah. from Terminator 2, mm-hmm. but they played mm-hmm. a clip from Terminator 1. <laughs> the Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator never shifts his shape. He's a, a metal exoskeleton mm. with human tissue over it, but he can't change his shape. Anyways, where the fuck were they getting that from? The, you know, like, the, have you even seen Terminator? The, I don't know. You had to pull the clip, so you had to watch some of it. When did he shift his shape? The world. What about wh- where are the copy editors on this? That's I, what I want to know. Yeah. Where are the fact checkers? Sure. You got to get if you're a legitimate journalist, you call up the governor's office mm-hmm. and say. I just want to verify a few facts. Number one. Namely one fact. <laughs> the Terminator was concerned with fashion. Sure. Number two. The Terminator was known for his shape-shifting. Mm-hmm. My, I think my biggest problem with it, and I, I understand Terminator, not a shape-shifter. That's a big problem. Biggest problem to me is he wasn't concerned about fashion. He was concerned about covering his nude body. <laughs> he, yeah. he wasn't like he, – he wasn't like – Give me that specific cut of denim. It, it was. It was literally. I won't need anything to cover my body. Yeah. And you have clothes on. I don't know. I think there's a giant hole. It's a. There's a logic hole there. I mean, but Sad I can. Jean Paul Gaultier. 
I can, I can, uh, in, yeah. in this time, is it before or after Labor Day? <laughs> when is your human Labor Day? Um, when is Robot Labor Day? <laughs> um, when you get unplugged. Y2K. Yeah, Y2K. <laughs> Something about Y2K is Robot Labor Day. Um, but I can, I can see the concern <laughs> with fashion as like a cute remark. But the shape-shifting isn't a cute re- That's just an... an that's a point of... In, that's, that's an incorrect fact. Yes. You know, maybe they should be working from... You know, I'll, I'll, like a lot of sci-fi shows will work from a show Bible that shows all the realities of the world sure. in which this exists and each of the characters' perspectives. Maybe the world from PRI and WBUR <laughs> in Boston in collaboration with the British Broadcasting Corporation should create a sort of show Bible that shows the realities of every fictional science fiction world ever created for metaphorical purposes. Sure, I, I thought you were going to say maybe the world got a hold of the Terminator show Bible, <laughs> which is far more expansive than the four existing films. So like, maybe this uh, is... There was the Sarah Connor Chronicles, and of course there's the Terminator 2 3D experience at Universal Studios, it which like, is in line with the official continuity. It sounds like what you're <laughs> suggesting, Dave, is that this isn't a problem of insufficient resources. This is a problem of excess resources. Too many resources. <laughs> <laughs> they're, too, they're going too in-depth... They're they're getting to things that, whilst while technically canonical, <laughs> are not accurate. Are not, <laughs> well, factually, fictionally accurate. That, yeah, uh, are have not yet been revealed to the public. Okay. So instead of instead of Jordan correcting them for getting something wrong, he should have been correcting them for not providing a spoiler alert. Oh, yes. sure. Or saying. If you would like to download the Terminator Show Bible, go to our website and click on the PDF link, <laughs> and then you can kind of read along, and the story will make sense to you. <laughs> can I ask you? Yeah, guys it should a- just give you like we're going to read a story about a Danish fashion designer, <laughs> but we're going to wait for five minutes while you download the Terminator Fashion Bible. And Trust then we're gonna us. Wait three hours for you to read it. Trust us, this will make sense later. Jordan, I know you're a regular public radio listener, and Dave, uh, for all I know, you are too. Indeed. Um, on every public radio show. There is this moment when they say, for an excerpt from the book, or for photographs of the, the child rappers from Africa, go to our website at npr.org or what have you. Mm-hmm. Who are these people who are going to the website uh, when they hear a prompt to... to who? Uh, you know, I when I when I Who listen wants to, to read a chapter of a novel. When I go, when I uh, I don't do this with any other show except for Studio Three Hundred and Sixty. But I like to look at the Studio Three Hundred and Sixty website after I listen to the episode because so they have like that's videos just so stuff. you can jack off to Explodo's picture. <laughs> I mean, that's part of it, right? Because you get hard during the show. But I also then... like to look at you know whatever Yoko Ono's art installation I don't or something that. like that. I, don't I do like... like to. Guys, I like to. Jordan has an unnatural attachment to Studio 360. He always has. Sure. We're both fans of it. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, always happy to always happy to support our friend Kurt Explodo Anderson. Sure. But uh, Jordan is a little bit too fascinated by it. Oh. How, far, how deep does your fascination go, Jordan? Uh, you want to see my chest uh. tattoo? Yes. <laughs> Lift shirt. Pretty good, huh? Oh, you just mimed it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Dave Horowitz is joining us. It's Jordan Jesse Go. We'll be back in just a second. Love you, 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 love you,
It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweet. Uh, Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. Dave Horowitz, the mayor of Mars. <laughs> Pretty good. It's okay. Yeah. It's not as punchy as I'd like. Yeah. That's because uh, you just haven't seen John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> sorry. So, uh, mayor of Mars is what my parents used to call me when I was about five because I was a real weird kid. <laughs> oh, that's, that is cute. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Done. Awesome. Fantastic. You're in. You're good as gold. I take everything back. <laughs> yeah, sorry I... we were talking shit about your nickname earlier. Any aspersions yeah. I may have cast upon Mayor of Mars, I hereby withdraw. Was that, not... was that meant to cut you down, or was that supposed to be like, were they supportive of you being a weird kid? I think it was a, I think it was a term of endearment <clears throat> with a bit of a, a head shake thrown in for good measure, because it was like, ah, oh, this kid's pretty weird. But he's like, he's cute. He's probably, he's, this is funny. This isn't weird to, a, to his detriment. Well, you're not, this wasn't a... You were saving your poops situation, right? You were making a little <laughs> box of your own poops. Like, oh, there's the mayor of Mars again. Having a shit collection. No, I never... The I, verb here is to have. To have. I, no, I never, I never as a kid Nosotros. thought... Nosotros. <laughs> never made... Nosotros <laughs> somos collecting our shit. <laughs> No, it was it was a yeah. cute kind of weird. It was okay. like a what a fun funny collection of uh, of imaginary friends. There were there were okay. no there were no shit castles. <laughs> okay. Um, if you, can I ask you guys? Have you guys watched any of the uh, World Cup soccer matches? This is uh, the sport uh, football, as it's known uh, on the continent. Football americano or no? This would be football angliski. <laughs> um. Is how you would say it in Russian. No, you know, I, I kind of thought it might be fun to watch a World Cup. And uh-huh. uh, and I got really pumped. And I know this is a dumb thing to get pumped up by. But I was very pumped up by that Nike commercial where it shows, like, the guys and their lives based on the choices they make in the World Cup. Have you guys seen hey, this look, Nike commercial? It is, it's never dumb to get pumped up by a Nike commercial. They've got their hand up our asses, sure. grabbing our lizard brains and just milking them for all they're worth. Uh, yeah. They're masterful. Uh, it's a very good commercial. Uh, and anyways, it got me really pumped up. It made soccer look so exciting. And then I sat down to watch one, and it was just the most boring thing in the world. So I turned it <laughs> off. I got upset. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I know that like what you're supposed to be upset about is... Well, I was upset about some of the things they're supposed to be upset about. Like, you know, they just kind of kick it around in the middle. They don't ever try and score, <laughs> sure. and uh, they, you know, the 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 horns blowing. We've heard so much about on Twitter lately. Sure, but frankly, let's not say they're funny names. It's th- just encouraging people. There's some to make horn jokes. There's a kid in uh, there's a kid in my neighborhood who has one of those. So uh, I don't need to watch the World Cup to be bothered by that. Does he just blow it randomly, or when he gets pumped up by something? He blows it randomly, and sort of sadly. Uh, and Teresa was wondering if it was some kind of robot fart. Um, it's okay. really, he's a very bad, like, I think it's a pretty little kid cause I, I'm guessing maybe it's like a five year old that has this thing. Cause he really hasn't mastered the art of a sort of loud, continuous blast. It's more sort of a, yeah, that's what they said about a young Miles Davis, Jesse. <laughs> this kid's just like, this kid's just thinking outside the box, I think. But I, the, the thing that got me, frankly, the most upset in the whole World Cup was uh, actually a commercial break, which there are blessedly few of in mm-hmm. a soccer match because there are relatively few uh, breaks in the soccer match. But there was a commercial for Subway Sandwiches. Um, and Subway Sandwiches, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's a sandwich. 
there were some various there were various sports persons that I did not recognize. Uh, they were talking about how much they love Subway sandwiches, uh, sort of in that in that sort of pastiche commercial form where they're delivering a boring message, but because each person is only saying one third of each sentence, they think that makes it exciting. Sure. But the uh, the slogan, uh, which apparently is the new slogan for Subway sandwiches, is "Where winners eat." <laughs> oh God. Uh. Oh, oh and, man! And I, the, you know the new uh, the new slogan for Miller High Life is "tastes expensive." <laughs> so it seems like nope. slogans are now just lies, or like, or the opposite of what's of what it really is. I mean, where winners eat yeah. Subway? Is there not one person at Subway who's self aware enough to say, you know what? We can say it's inexpensive. We can say it's healthy relative to a hamburger from Carl's Jr. Uh, we can say eat that fresh we, is fine. I'm fine eat with eat fresh. Eat fresh is great. Yeah. Pers- personally, I think I thought they struck a chord with that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where this winners eat thing is coming from. Where but they I ate fresh. Eat. I ate fresh once or twice. Where winners eat, I cannot imagine. When I think of Subway sandwiches, this is what I think about. I think about the fact that uh, uh, our, our friend Dan, uh, original Dan, who uh, composed the original Sound of Young America theme music and used to be a regular guest on the Sound of Young America, Dan, when he moved to Los Angeles, was living in his friend's grandparents' pool house where there was no bathroom and no kitchen. So he ate Subway sandwiches <laughs> two, two times a day uh, yeah. for roughly no, I mean, six like, months. Subway, okay. And I that's mean, not a winner. That's not a description of a winning lifestyle. No, no and, and, you know, like... Subway sandwiches have their, per- I mean, like, definitely if, you know, like, it's great. You get that $5 foot long, and it's 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 lunch, and you know what? It can, can be dinner as well, if you need it to be, if you're hard up, and I understand that, and it's, 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 it's not that bad, but Subway sandwiches are the saddest restaurants in the world. Like, yeah. I've never been in one that, like, hasn't had at least one, like, tragic moment. And it, what's amazing, it. It, it, in contrast to, like, for example, here in Southern California, there's, uh, there's a pizza chain called Shakey's. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is just profoundly, astonishingly, deeply sad. Real sad. Um, this is a place that has sort of that uh, 1975, sort of everything's wood paneled and dark interior theme. Yeah, uh, I think it's supposed to remind you of, like... You know, simpler a times. gothic yeah, cathedral. Simple, yeah, right. Sure. A dungeon. Yeah. Um, and it simpler, really is. sexier bondage times. It, yeah. It, 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 is, yeah. it is essentially. Back when a, grandma and grandpa used to tie each other up. <laughs> it is essentially a, a dungeon where you're forced to eat square pizza. Sure. And uh, but it, and in contrast, Subway sandwiches is clean and brightly lit. But I think that... I wouldn't the, say necessarily always clean. The power of the sadness that so pervades Subway sandwiches makes even a clean Subway sandwiches somehow more sad by virtue of its being clean. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's sort of like raging against the coming of the darkness or whatever that <laughs> quote is. <laughs> the fading of the light. Sure. Uh, but it's just failing so profoundly and astonishingly. I think the biggest problem with it is that Subway to me screams necessity. Like, right. No, no, I think that's 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 a great point. It has nothing to do with winning. I mean, I, like Subway stay alive. Yeah. Subway, the place where you go cuz it's next to your job. Right, sure. You know. <laughs> but that's but you can't fit that. And there, there aren't other places next to your yeah. job. 
Because, I yeah. would rather buy a sandwich. I don't know if this is something. I, there's a, because Los Angeles is so much more of a car culture. I think the corner store or the liquor store is a much smaller part of Los Angeles geography. Sure, but certainly in San Francisco, and, and I would imagine maybe in Boston as well, where 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 you're from, the corner store is a big part of the urban landscape. And uh, there are these corner stores that that make and sell sandwiches. And they usually just have, like, your bread choice is just whatever's there. They'll, like, three. Like, it won't be a consistent thing. It'll just be like, well, today there's, like, a third of a loaf of yesterday's rye. And, you know. kind of a Kaiser roll. Yeah, just two Kaiser rolls and uh, one soft roll. And you just got to pick that. And there's no Dutch crunch, you know. No. I would rather have a sandwich made from just those things that are left over in the tiny deli counter of a liquor store uh, than I would from Subway. Yeah. I mean, I think when I've been to, and there's more of them in New York than there are in Boston, but anytime I've been to a bodega Mm -hmm. and paid $3.95 for a gigantic sandwich, it has been infinitely better than anything I would get at a Subway establishment. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just uh, Subway, like Subway's big selling point is this freshly baked bread. Sure. It is horrible bread. <laughs> yeah. It really yeah, could the bread is not the, the be bread is, worse. The bread is the weak point. That's like, but that's their, that's their thing. Sure. Their thing is the worst bread in history. Yeah, yeah, they should really be selling the fact that the sandwiches had a lot have a lot of mayonnaise on them. <laughs> <laughs> like that should become the new like, hey, do you know how much mayonnaise this has on it? A ton. Oh. It's gonna be really good. Look, we're rec- we're recording on a Monday today, and this I guess will probably end up coming out on on late on Monday or on Tuesday, a little bit late because Jordan, you were you were out of town covering the MTN Do Tour. Sure. Um, uh, I want to ask you about your experiences because. I have been traveling more lately mm-hmm. for work, of course, and of course I'm I'm as yeah, only pro- only chumps travel for pleasure. As you as you know, I'm as you know, I'm traveling to Calgary uh, l- later this month or uh, later in July. Um, so I mean, I'm, I'm starting to get my feelings, but I feel you mentioned to me, Jordan, that you had a big travel, ex- an important travel yes, experience. Uh, yes, well, yeah, it, it, important travel slash manners experience. Okay. Uh, anyway, so I was coming back from Boston, and uh, uh, there is the guy in front of me was just this real Kevin Smith of a guy on the airplane. Yes, um, a two seater. This, uh, was a two-seater. this has less to do with his weight, which was, but his weight was Kevin Smith esque. But the fact that he his fitting in the seat is not an issue. Of it this was story. more his tyrannity laced uh, uh, tirades, uh, profanity laced. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus laced tirades. He was a dinosaur. (laughs) Profanity in shorts in jean shorts. Shorts. Profanity laced tirades about Star Wars. Sure, Um, but but yeah, but this guy is wearing uh, jorts and a t-shirt and uh, like um, baseball hat, velcro velcro sandals. Uh, And but he the the non Kevin Smith thing about him was. His hairdo was the sides of his head were shaved, but then he had a long ponytail. Mm. Okay, maybe going 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 past the shoulders. Now, when, so when you say the non Kevin Smith thing about him, I just assume. I mean, Kevin that, Smith has a spiritual ponytail. I assumed that it would that <laughs> you would heart. be describing something that was better than Kevin Smith, because I had a hard time imagining someone saying 
something unlike Kevin Smith and then describing something worse. But you Uh-oh. certainly achieved this it. This is sub Kevin Smith. And yeah, I no, be no, clear. no. This, I mean, I, this I guy wishes. I'm not. Po- <laughs> I'm not putting down Kevin Smith as a person. He seems like a perfectly charming, no, sure. affable, uh, funny, Absolutely. lovable, decent-hearted guy. His podcast is very aesthetics. fun to listen to. I'm sometimes. talking about his sure. sense of aesthetics. Yes, his sub Michael Moore sense of aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Uh, his blazer with a hockey jersey. Yes. Um, He's got a dumpy aura. <laughs> yeah. You're a little bit psychic, aren't you? Yeah. Sure. I'm so, well, I'm, a sp- I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Okay. Sure. <laughs> His spirit animal is a walrus. <laughs> uh, and um, anyways, he um, – so, you know, but this guy just basically started behaving obnoxiously right off the bat. Like he uh, – when the drink cart lady came around – He's like, and this, and this is something I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around what he meant. But I mean, I guess I kind of know what he meant. But he's like, I'll take a uh, Jack Daniels on the rocks, hold the rocks, like that was a joke. Oh, no. And then there's a woman sitting next to him, a very nice looking woman who he kept trying to buy a drink for. So like, come on, have a drink with me. Have it, you know, like just trying to party with the people near him, like and and yeah, and but and just like laughing at those remarks, just like you know, belly laughing at the remarks and. uh then he started listening to uh, his iPod on really shitty headphones, and you could just hear what he was listening to. It just was a part of, you know, the the auditory landscape. And he was listening to three things. He was listening to very intense metal, of course. like metal. He was listening to I what I think was like video game music from old NES games. It was just like classic chip tunes music. And Red Hot Chili Peppers. So he kind of had these three things on, and you could just hear it all. Like, he was wearing just, he had just, like, shitty, like, plastic headphones that you could hear everything through. Um, And then he uh, fell asleep and just did the most insane parody of snoring. Like, and, like, thrashing around. Uh, Anyways, but that lasted pretty short. And then, like, I, anyway, so I have my... So when the the incident happened, uh, I had my kind of tray table out in front of me, and I had a book on the tray table, and I was kind of leaning over the book on the tray table, and I feel this uh, flop on my head. I feel a uh, not a weight, but I feel that something has come to rest on the top of my head, and I look up, and it's his ponytail. He had flung his ponytail over the back of the seat, and it was resting on my head. Uh, And I I jerked my head back, of course. Uh, But then his ponytail was just hanging over in my eye line, like kind of dangling over my book. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't – like, do you tap him and say, move your ponytail, asshole? You take a pencil or a pen out of your bag. And lift it gingerly. Carefully. Yeah, you have to gingerly lift it. And I, yeah. I mean, I just tolerated this ponytail for what was like an hour. I just didn't know what to do. Do you like, think he was trying to plug into you? <laughs> like, 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 like Avatar. Avatar. He may have been. <laughs> yeah, he was maybe trying to. I'm not one of these people who thinks that everyone should dress up for travel. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm fine with. Oh, can people... I make one more point? Yeah. Can I make one more point? I know this is a, this is a separate. This is going to become a separate thing. One more point. When I got off the plane. Uh, just standing next to the terminal was another guy with a ponytail, but this is a very different ponytail guy. This guy, like, tie-dye shirt, uh, hiking shoes, 
and you know like a, carrying a canvas bag with him on the, it was wavy gravy it, but yeah he had a he had a a, a gray braided ponytail demonstrating his circus skills uh <laughs> he was doing deep knee bends <laughs> in the airport uh so like, can we say that ponytail on man is the like highest indicator of insanity yes. like of being an insane undoubtedly unpleasant person anyways yeah. sorry these okay. are my thoughts on ponytails. I don't I look, like I don't feel like people need to like you'll hear someone say, Oh, people used to dress up for air travel. They used to put sure, on a tie. Don Draper. They used to wear and I'm I feel Guys, like Don Draper? Yeah. A confident man. Sure. I'm, from I'm, a bygone era. <laughs> yeah. I'm not asking America to dress up for air travel at all. Mm-hmm. But is it okay for me to ask people to at least match their level of dress for going to the grocery store? Is that like people are wearing uh, people are wearing these special air travel outfits. Sure. This is what they are. It's their fucking pajamas. Yep. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. People wearing their like a tracksuit. Like what is the, why do you need this? Why does going on an airplane in, allow you to do this? Is it because of the incredible physical hardship and discomfort involved in sitting, sitting. in a chair? Yeah. Well, I think I think maybe it's more uh, it's more a sleep thing. It's like, are you planning on sleeping on the plane? I I mean, I I definitely will wear the least, you know, the thing that I own that has the least potential to be itchy or to bunch up or to whatever on the plane i think i mean i think if you're in a situation where it's an hour flight i think if this is a la to vegas if this is a uh you know la to san francisco portland to san francisco portland to san francisco anywhere JetBlue flies right uh if this is that situation then i definitely to martha's vineyard sure just for the weekend yeah to the vineyard camp david to kenna kenna bugport Um, I think in those situations, in those like you know one to three hour flights, I feel like the tracksuit can be obnoxious. But I definitely see that if it is a flight where you are considering sleeping, you want to control your comfort and temperature. Dress I, like a human being. You, you ha- <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, dress for comfort, but just I, I'm with you on just reel it in a little bit. If you're gonna wear yoga pants <laughs> and a t-shirt. Make the T-shirt clean. <laughs> Just make it clean. Sure, it, uh, make yeah. it a, make it make it fresh what? out of the laundry. Maybe it shouldn't have a pot. How about on it this? Maybe what not. happened to wearing blue jeans, a T-shirt, and a sweatshirt? That's fine with me. You can, I have no yeah. objection to that. And another, uh, my other major issue. Also, is, nice to wear something you don't have to have a belt to take off during security. Who who are these? Well, the, the belt doesn't set off the alarm, but that's a whole. You still got to take it off. Issue. No, you don't. No, they told me to take mine off. Yeah. I said, I said, I even said, I said, this is not going to set off the metal detector. It never has. Like, take off the belt. The, I don't yeah. know, they made me last time. Anyway, I've been belt reprimanded before. At sure. Airport. I would, belt I, promanded. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are people who don't have a pair of shoes to wear to weddings and funerals. That have a special pair of shoes for when they're flying to Walt Disney World. <laughs> Crocs. Is it Crocs? Is it really so catastrophic for you to remove and replace your shoes one extra time in a day, in an entire day, one time taking off your shoes and then retying them? That you have to wear. That you have to wear special airplane shoes. I mean, Jesse, it's all about convenience. I mean, if you want to talk about the, the people you're talking about, they've got a canvas bag with them. In that bag, they've got 
who knows? They maybe got some cheese light reading doodles. material. They've got well, they've got People. a cheese. They've got a cheeseburger bag. Not even. <laughs> they've, got, they've got a sack <laughs> yeah. full of cheeseburgers. They've got an us sure. sack full of white so they've castles. Got, technically, they've got two bags. They've got their burger bag. <laughs> they've got their burger bag that should be able to snugly fit inside their canvas bag. They got a few mm-hmm. footlongs on the way there. They got a. They got two five dollar footlongs, foot so ten dollars total. <laughs> um, you know, one for health. Sure. Yeah, and one just uh, and one hollowed out full of candy. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> just a just a foot long week yeah. with um, jujubes. What they call a candy sneak? <laughs> yeah, because they think it's illegal to take candy on a plane. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because they're dumb. They've got probably just a whole bunch they, of. Uh, there was a period. It depends on the threat level whether it's illegal no, to take sure. candy on the plane. If, we're if it's orange, it's okay. If it's red, it's not okay. Well, if it's red gummies only. <laughs> <laughs> No hard, no sucking candies. You right. cannot bring a Werther's. Forget about yeah. chocolate. Forget, Forget about uh, yeah. chocolate. You just put that out of your mind. Yeah, you leave that sampler with the with the, the, <laughs> the X-ray Whitman guy. Sampler. Yeah, they will the leave that Whitman sampler with the uh, the, the X-ray guy, and he's going to keep it. Even he can when mail it to you. even when yeah. it's amber, they're going to want to know the percentage of cacao. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. You were you were trying to you defend were enumerate, these people. You were enumerating what's in this person's canvas. I was bag. trying to defend them. I was just trying to understand them. I mean, gr- granted, I've never taken a cheeseburger sack onto a plane. Never, <laughs> never. But I have seen people next to me with a trashy tabloid, mm-hmm. uh, horrible airport food. You know what? And a, and a yeah, lot of it. You know I'll that, bring that chi- to I'll me. I'll bring seems... chicken nuggets on an airplane. Well, yeah, yeah but like, that's uh, that. Uh, you know that that to me is the thing that I wish people would not do is take the is take the powerfully smelling fast food on the plane. That to me, is, there's is no, the, I mean, there's no the food issue. on the airplane. I, I don't know what else to do. I'm eating the terminal. Ch- eat in the chicken, terminal. Chicken nuggets are so mild. I think, yeah, I think your, I mean, your beef is sure. not with Jesse. I, I, I mean, they're... I can think of I. I'm thinking one time in specifically where a guy, I guess, went to Sabaros and had a baked ziti oh, with him, come on. which uh, just and just which he ate so fast and then just just rocketed tomato farts at me for the whole <laughs> for the whole flight. I mean, I de- I, yeah, I definitely Jordan, you under, <laughs> you under. Understand that with the price of fuel these days, it's more efficient for uh, for an airline to pass out yeah. a few baked ziti before the the that man was starts. powering your airplane. <laughs> wow, it's was keeping us from plummeting out of the sky. This man's yeah. farts. I know like, a, chick, a chicken nugget is not is not a terribly I offensive on, choice. But I had in general, I had a really calamitous thing happen to me on an airplane the other day. Uh, flying from uh, Long Beach, California, uh, where there's no real there's no actual food at the terminal. It's a tiny airport. Uh, there's only like there's maybe like one refrigerator case with some egg salad yeah. sandwiches in it. Um, on JetBlue, uh, not only was there no food, there's no meals on JetBlue. Obviously, they have their they had no snack packs. What? No what? snack packs. That's part of why you fly JetBlue. No TerraBlue chips. There was TerraBlue <laughs> chips. Okay, I want to okay, be clear. Yeah. Oh, okay, there was TerraBlue chips, but there I so I could, but I can't make. Frankly, I can't make a meal out of three TerraBlue chips. Two animal crackers sure. and uh, one of those uh, Cheetos medleys that only exists on airplanes. Yeah. Well, what you have to do is uh, comically, a... comically shuffle them like cards. <laughs> yeah, that really you, helps. And you couple that with a classic episode of Friends, and you've got <laughs> you've got a couple hours of entertainment. Maybe not a meal, but you've got yourself some fun. Yeah. You know, when you're, I don't think I'll tide you over. I'll tide you over so you can get a uh, subway in a two and a half men episode. I don't think <laughs> I have ever appreciated my interest in sports, my casual interest in sports, more than when I'm on a JetBlue airplane. Hmm. I feel like there is nothing. 
there's no time that I have ever more just been so happy that I can watch a baseball game than when you're on JetBlue and there's 12 channels, seven of which are various ESPNs. They seem to split the, VH, uh, the JetBlue channels between various ESPNs and various VH1s. Yeah. I didn't know there was multiple VH1s. There are a ton of them. You're yeah. talking about VH1 Classic. You've got to look at VH1 Soul. Sure. Is there a VH1 Soul? Yeah. There's VH1 <laughs> List, I think. <laughs> list? It's just it's countdown shows? List. It's all Frangela all the time. Oh, VH1 Frangela. <laughs> yeah. Did I tell you? Uh, did I have I talked on the I show think about you doing that? You went on the re- that you went on television after. But you should tell Dave. Oh, I'm okay. Not yeah. I don't know if did. I. I don't know if I. I said this on the air or not. But uh, uh, I did my first. Uh, my first in front of a green screen clip riff. Uh, recently, thank you, and I kind of, I kind of felt like that was a comedy milestone for me. I've been asked to riff in front of a green screen. What was it about for? clips? Uh, this is for the show The Doctors. I my uh, uh, Aaron Gibson. Uh, she went right after too. me. I uh, yeah, I was I was actually. Uh, I don't know if this is an insider series. I was helping her with some of uh, some of her pitches before. Oh, nice. Oh, was, we could. Yeah. It's a, I watched that whole. I watched probably the reel you watched. It's crazy. Those clips are insane. Yeah. This, the Doctors is a show uh, from the makers of Doctor Phil, uh, where people give kind of dodgy there's medical a, advice. There's a panel. Talk a lot of, about super. There's a panel of spray tan doctors, and yeah. they talk about dildos in a safe daytime way. Sure. <laughs> That's very true. That is exactly. I watched it in the tire store. <laughs> and that is exactly what it was like. Uh, and anyways, uh, Aaron Gibson went after me, but the person or entity before me was Frangela. And I'm Ooh. like, all right, I am, <laughs> I am definitely uh, on a green screen, green screen clip show right now. When, anyway. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. When can you change the channel on a public television or turn it off? When are you allowed to do that? Oh, you know, I, this is not... This is similar, but I recently asked for the channel to be changed in a bar recently. Oh. I said recently twice. What, what was the reason? You, well, you wanted to tune in to Fuel TV because uh, well, the Daily Habit Actually, was it, this was actually in, in Boston, and uh, uh, I had left the Dew Tour uh, without getting to see the Skate Vert Finals, and I was actually a little bit curious about the Skate Vert Finals, oh. so I had, them, uh, I had them turn on the Dew Tour. What about, I, like, I'll give you the example of the tire store. Which was, uh, that's two crippling defeats for American one day. We we lost the World Cup that day, and we also lost skateboarding. What I know, we lost the vert we got, flip. Vert, I know we got the, beat by a Canadian and a Brazilian. The sorry, what was the, what's the skate vert final? The skate vert. I know in Brazil they have to make their skateboard out of milk cartons. Sure, yeah. And wadded up newspapers. It's one milk, one flattened milk carton for wadded up newspapers. So why did America lose? Did we not get vertical enough? We didn't. Uh, <laughs> we did not. We were not. We did not. We do didn't get enough air. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's the ultimate problem. I really want to know when can I change this? I was in the tire store waiting for my uh, tires to be replaced, and there was one other person sitting in the quote unquote waiting area. They were not watching the television, and the doctors was on. Mm-hmm. I was not enjoying the doctors naturally, <laughs> and I kind of wondered if I could either change the channel or just turn it off. It was I wouldn't have had to stretch for it. It was on a table, not in a corner, in a in an upper corner. Sure, I yeah, I think well with me in this bar, I I asked the bartender, then I asked the people sitting at the bar. Around me, if I could change they were it. Pervert. And, and you, yeah, and you, I think you would have to be the world's biggest dick to say no. To they someone. were vert positive. Yeah. Uh, 
so I think it's kind of a situation where the people kind of have to say yes. But I think you should. I think if you if you just make sure to get at least a little nod from everyone in the vicinity, you should be able to do whatever you want to to the TV, yeah, I mean, including Marriott. What What about at Kaiser? When I'm at Kaiser and when I'm waiting to see my physical therapist for my mm. minor back injury, what there's a lot of people there, and they're they're almost watching it. They're certainly not talking to each other, enjoying their drinks or each other's company, as mm-hmm. they would be in a bar. Sure. Well, if uh, you're at Kaiser, I think the same thing. Just make sure to get a little nod from everybody. Just maybe announce. I just you know. Would, I just would rather watch Regis. See, I think. I think when the it nod comes down to it. I think the nod is important. Although I'm going to have to amend it and say that if you're at Kaiser, they're probably playing the doctors because it's it's medical. Sure. It's important, and you probably should be paying attention if you're about to be seen. You're by probably a not eating enough blueberries. Yeah. Yeah, or Akai berries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fair enough. There was a clip on that show about um, an orgasm smoothie. Mm-hmm. Did you see that one? I did see that one. You said a smoothie made of, what, clitorises? <laughs> Finely ground. Uh, <laughs> oh, gross. Sorry. It's fine. We can move on beyond what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let's harp on it. Finely ground clitorises. Nice. We'll be back in just a second <laughs> with more on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Dave Horwitz, the mayor of Mars. Dave, it's great to have you here. Always nice to have someone from the WB.com's hit internet television program, Downers Grove. Oh, yeah. You've had, you've had pretty much the whole cast and crew on at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we we wanted what they call the Downers Grove hat trick. Yeah. To to get the true WB.com experience, you really need to kind of get a flavor yeah. of ev- just everyone, a sampler. So we had uh, we had uh, Michael Keaton. Yep. We had uh, Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. And now we've got you. Perfect. Oh, I'm thinking of Toy Story 3. <laughs> oh, I think I was in Toy Story. Wait. Was Toy Story 3 the web show that... Yeah, about a, about a bunch of uh, uh, slacker friends wondering what they should do with their life post-college. Yeah, Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3. I made that show. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, Michael yeah, yeah. Keaton's great in that. We uh, haven't heard from him in so long, and it's nice to see him being funny again. I've missed Michael Keaton so much. It was great working with him. Yeah. Can I offer Does you... That, that, oh, now, be honest with me, Dave. A lot of that was improv from Michael Keaton. I could just tell that was him riffing. Keaton's a cut-up. You know, no, I sure. mean, there, just, yeah, yes, there was a script. Yes, we got takes of him doing it on book, and then we just say... This takes for you, Mike. Mike, just go. Just go. And he did it. <laughs> and that's, those are the takes that ended up in the movie. <laughs> oh. Tell me, tell me, what, <laughs> tell me what's going to happen in this clip. Oh, okay. This is a clip of a silly putty container in Toy Story 3. <laughs> and he rolls off the shelf. He splats on a newspaper. <laughs> and it's, and uh, then he says, what I'm, am I going to do with my life post-college? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh-huh. But uh, seriously, guys, Toy Story 3, now in theaters. I haven't seen it. I know it's going to be good. Yeah. Keaton. Can I, can, I ask you, can I ask you guys a question? I missed <laughs> Keaton. <laughs> can I ask you guys oh, a question? That was great. What? Yeah. We had, that was fun. <laughs> I don't need you guys want to do it again? <laughs> you want to do it again? Yeah. You guys want to do some more of your, favorite, your, your cool scenes? <laughs> I thought you it was do. pretty cool. It was cool. It was a great scene. It was a lot of fun. It was a cool scene. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it was a very cool scene. What? Uh, what this, is? It was, the, it was a 21st century version of Warhol's Factory. 
That's I how cool that. of a scene it was. This feels like a happening. <laughs> right? Um, I, I want to ask you guys. I wanna... Do you guys get the feeling that AIDS is starting? <laughs> that, like, this is the start of AIDS. Oh, this is the end of free love, guys. <laughs> I think we're witnessing the end of free love. Uh, it's time for the me generation. Do you guys want to have one more cash, cash fuck? Cash, cash fuck? Cash fuck. Cash gay fuck? Um, uh, just let me know when everything's all sorted out. No, no, we'll go for it. Yeah, do it. Do it. We were supposed to do. I just wanted to give you guys a chance to get your yayas out. <laughs> sure. We just we just kicked out the jams, and I think now we're. we're I actually pretty, yeah. I actually want to talk about a, a scene thing because Dave and I realized uh, when Dave got here, and Dave and I had never uh, properly met. Um, I don't think had we after I don't a think show so. maybe we'd shaken hands, but. Uh, we had never properly met, and uh, uh, Dave and I realized that we were at the same party on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at uh, a, f- a friend of Max Fund, uh, Don Glover. Uh, Donald Glover uh, ha- had sort of like a uh, he was moving out of his loft downtown or something like that. And it was ve- it was very pleasant. Uh, a lot of nice comedy people there and whatnot. So I c- ran into a couple of uh, past Jordan Jesse Go co-hosts. Kevin Sprinkles Pereira wow. uh, was there. Jonah mm-hmm. Ray was there. Sure, uh, the very funny Jonah Ray. Um, and I had, uh, I know that you, you mentioned, and I told you to save it, that, that you had something happen to you at this party. I, the party itself, uneventful. It was just pleasant. It was a nice party. Um, when my wife and I were leaving, I don't know. I guess I had in my mind the idea that a downtown loft in Los Angeles could be an artsy thing. Um, sort of in the way that one imagines a downtown loft to be. Uh, but it's not at all, not even a little bit. I learned when I got into the elevator for this loft building. Mm. So my wife and I get into this elevator, and the security guard for the building is standing on is standing by the buttons. Uh, he's just pressing ground over and over and over and over and over. And uh, and I said something like, uh, well, it was worth a shot, but it looks like it's moving of its own accord. You know, it's not, <laughs> not, it's not going to go on our time. Uh, something, just something friendly about the fact that he couldn't get the doors to close as he liked them. Very innocuous. Mm-hmm. Very innocuous. Mm. This man. You weren't implying that he was like a fuck up. No, that not he at like all. had fucked up his life. <laughs> not at all. His life was clearly f- the man was like sixty-five years old. He was probably a retiree, just with some extra okay. part-time income, um, and uh, he just ignored me. Just didn't even turn to face me. We were the only people in the elevator. I had addressed him a, direct, a directly and friendly type way. And uh, so I was like, okay, that's fine. He doesn't have to engage me. Uh, he can keep pressing his button if he wants sure. to. It was fine. Elevator stops on the next floor. These four dudes get on the elevator. And these dudes were... They were too old to be dressed the way they were. And for that reason, I assumed that they must be gay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I assumed that they must be the kind of sort of uh, perpetual bachelor sort of uh, subsection of, uh, of gay adult men where you can be 40 and live kind of a 23-year-old's lifestyle. You know what I'm talking about? A 40-year-old that's, uh, that's not above a few amyl nitrate poppers. <laughs> To relax the anus. <laughs> but here's... <laughs> pre-sex. Here's the... Right? Here's the thing. Right? Here's the thing. These guys 
these guys were also uh, four dudes with sort of like two day stubble and kind of worked out a lot type dudes. Mm. And that also contributed to my idea. Maybe these are just sort of like uh, uh, like to go to Palm Springs and party type a little bit, a, a little bit uh, too old for what they're doing. But, you know, they're because, you know, they don't have children. Uh, that's their lifestyle. It's fine. That situation, except that the fact of the matter is these dudes were too awful to be those dudes. Okay. These dudes. And so what I realized is, oh, right. I live in Los Angeles where you could just be basically like the guy from Poison, only you weren't in any famous bands. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, you have your, your... You work at a post-production house or something. At best. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I have, frankly have a hard time imagining these guys holding down that kind of gig. Okay. Um, but they... It's, <clears throat> sort of like, it's sort of like this creepy level of sheen on a guy who is... Uh, I can't even imagine where these guys could have worked. And, but I can't imagine them having, a, like, old money or something either. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what you're getting at is that it seems like this would be like a specific kind of person, but in Los Angeles, you can just be a Los Angelino and have embroidered uh, jean pockets. They at were age kind 40. of, yeah. They were kind of roidy. <clears throat> like, they were sort of like one of the guys from. Uh, uh, MTV Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that guy was also forty-one, okay, and just like a little bit baldy, and but just a little. But 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 again, I want to be clear: not in the sense that they had just like, well, they've gone suburban and now they, but they still wore their you know Judas Priest T-shirt or whatever. Someone who is actively has their claws deeply ground. So you don't think this is like, oh, you know. You know, on the weekdays, we're, you know, we're dads, we wear polo shirts, we take the kids to soccer, but they're like, you know, when it's Saturday, we cut loose, uh, no, the wife takes all. the kids, and we throw on our jeweled shirts. Exactly. And it was not the sort of like... You think these guys like, this is par for the course. And at them. least, you kind of imagine that at least if someone who's living in a downtown loft isn't sincerely a uh, live-work, artistic type of person, at least they're a rich person who reads dwell. <laughs> and aspires to be yeah. that person. Like, I think probably the loft economy is such that there's not a lot of actually artistic people living in loft, living and sure. working in lofts. Although, to be fair, our friend Brandon Bird lives in paints in his uh, downtown loft. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's, uh, the, you, you think that this is, this is someone who gets the loft first and then is going to work on the art. Like, I got the loft, least, yeah. now I'm going to figure my shit right. out. Yeah. See, uh, I think the thing about downtown L.A. is that there trying to find like a rhyme or reason to it is the kind of thing that will just create these circular logic loops. Yeah. Cause for me, I know plenty, like uh, a friend of mine splits a loft with a friend. She lives there during the, uh, she sleeps there at night. And then my friend paints there during the day. And I also have friends who, who use like uh, a loft as production facilities and editing bays. But then I also have friends who live there cause it's cool. And cause they're becoming these sort of, you know, they're because so they're, they're getting really into sangria. So, <laughs> and there's like a lot of good sangria, sangria places. So, yeah. get, okay, so getting getting back to this elevator, it only got more complicated from there. Oh, so, no. my mind is already <laughs> reeling at these four dudes because I'm, and they're all dudes and they're all together. And then they started talking about their pet ducks. Yeah, and you're like, what? 
What Fuck. subset is this? Yeah. And so, you? like, where do you work? That first, like, the first thrust of my brain to make sense of this is these are just kind of like slightly douchey Los Angeles form of gay dudes. But then when I realized that they weren't gay dudes, it just broke down. Like, who are these dudes that, that out? are hanging you gave out? One a, you grabbed one's yeah, junk. I, gra- I grabbed his dick and he wasn't into it. And he, so, he and I recoiled. Mean, everybody knows that. So I was like, so then what is the cultural explanation for who these people are? Because it was just, it, no, it just went too far. It just went too far to beyond the bounds of taste. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the next, the next group of people that got in were this, uh, this sort of like, this sort of like uh, skinny-ish guy, like rock and roller type guy, not a muscly guy. And a woman with the giantest boobs mm. you've ever nice. seen I in your like entire life. I like where the story life. is going. And they were basically completely exposed. Yeah. Like she was, it, she nice. was basically now wearing... Now you're painting a picture. It, she was wearing... It was it was like uh, it was like Pamela Anderson or something like you know where, <laughs> I remember her where you see the boobs I remember her like, being foxy you kind yeah, of feel like very. it's kind of a a goof about her boobs yeah like it was all boob it was and they were ver- they were horizontal boobs they were purely horizontal and enormous they had no form to them besides giantness and they were not in proportion to her she would, this was not a giantess no. I... <laughs> I presume Soon. these were false boobs. Okay. And uh falsies. Yeah. And so uh clip-ons. And, Clip-ons. and so I'm and, boobs. and now the elevator's getting really close and it sort of smells like cologne and cigarette smoke. Ugh. It's really gross and the, and it's there's so many stops in this elevator. Uh, because, uh, you know, not to brag on behalf of our friend Donald Glover, but uh, he lived on the penthouse floor. Yeah. So there's a PH. lot. Nice. There's a long way to go down. So uh, He's got that NBC primetime money. Then this woman, this woman gets in the elevator, and she's sort of like, she's sort of like a small, shrewish woman. And, but, but a younger, younger woman, maybe a 30-year-old-ish woman. Um, and she looks, at the, she looks at the security guard, and these other people on the thing and goes, so are you guys going to seven? Because I already called the cops on them. And apparently she was bothered by a different party. Not mm-hmm. the party that was, but a different party. And uh, no one engaged her um, it, mm-hmm. at all because she said it in a really mean way. And that's a mean thing to say. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm look, I'm a square. I'm on board with calling calling the cops on a party, but uh, she was being really mean about it. And then the lady with the giant boobs tries to engage the woman by being friendly. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, it, sometimes it just gets out of control in this building, doesn't it? Ha, ha, ha. I guess we all signed up for that when we lived here. and When we decided to live here. Blah, blah, blah. And then the woman, the, the woman would have none of it. She would not be friends with this woman at all. And uh, then one of the big muscle dudes looks at the woman with the giant boobs and says, hey, I like your necklace. Uh, ah, yay. And then, but wait. The woman with the giant boobs who's on the other side of the elevator says, thanks. It's from shopsupermodel.com. And the guy goes, the guy goes. Man, you need a secret password to shop there. Like, they won't let you just order it. Like, the guy you goes, need to be uh, a supermodel. The or guy a supermodel goes, in training. yeah, not trying to be mean or crude or anything, but it's a nice necklace. Oh. He doubles down. He, this woman is. <laughs> he says. Is, he, 
He's uh, he's I'm obviously making. He throws the extra making, wink in there. He's yeah. making a transparently uh, rude comment about her tits. Yeah, he made. <laughs> which, he frankly, made... she invited, uh, and she she would so have saying she was she asking for it. it. By the way, she was dressed, and then she goes, <laughs> and then she in response, this woman goes, "Yeah, it's from shopsupermodel.com. My girlfriend runs it." Yeah, so here's what was going on. She was a viral marketing plant, this woman. <laughs> okay, you go into a placed, crowded elevator. Placed on an elevator to raise awareness about shopsupermodel.com, which mm-hmm. her girlfriend runs. Which we're doing here. Yeah. The guy who said it was a nice necklace twice with that inflection should have just just cut out the middleman and had the same inflection, but just said, you know, I'm really looking at your tits. <laughs> at that you point, know the ones. Yeah. You know the ones, the ones below your neck, mm-hmm. barely below your neck. And the woman, I want to be clear, the woman with the giant tits, she's, as far as I'm concerned, this woman is, uh, this woman's the hero of this situation. From, from your story, she's comes, she comes because off very well in this story. She's clearly, she's, she clearly did not understand that he was making a rude comment. I don't want to suggest that it's possible that she was, uh, that she was letting it slide or trying to get out of the situation. She, from her tone of voice, very, very clearly did not understand that he was making a rude oh. comment. She was she very, was just jumping at however, the chance to talk about shopsupermodel.com. Absolutely. Which everyone should go to. That yeah. is what Our was happening. Our girlfriend runs it. <laughs> yeah. That, that is what was happening. However. We've got giant boobs. She, number one, I give her sincere points for actually trying to be nice to the shrewish woman who continued to talk about how horrible everything mm. was. Um, and then they have this conversation about how it's okay to play your super your stereo really loud at four o'clock in the morning, but just keep your windows closed. Ugh, this and so I felt, but but the blonde woman with the ridiculous rack, she crazy rack, <laughs> she was she it was bananas, right? She maintained a tone of uh, thoughtful consideration for the others in the in the elevator the whole way. And for that, I have to give her credit. But I think that the fact that she was such a nice lady uh, and also so spectacularly uh, uncomprehending uh, only added to the general nightmare vortex feeling that was going <laughs> yeah. on inside of that elevator. Yeah. Uh, again, and, and, and this, is, this goes back to my issues with uh, Jordan's um, uh, uh, problem with the, the Terminator comment. My biggest problem is... All these people are in the elevator going down. The lady gets on and says, are you going to the party on 7? They're not going to the party on 7. They're going down. And meanwhile, the whole time these people are having this big conversation about the crazy parties going on in the building, the security Next thing guard... you're going to be telling me is that the alien has a cloaking device. <laughs> That's the predator. <laughs> Sorry. The security guard... They can't cloak themselves. The security guard doesn't engage any of it. He doesn't even... He just continues to press the button. He just continues to press this button over and over and over. It's clearly the kind of elevator where pressing the button does not make the doors close. No. He works there. He should know that. Just press it once. I mean, maybe that's just maybe that's just part of his routine or part of his like yeah. one of his maybe it's one, one he, of his it's steps. It's how he keeps the voice of his dead wife out of his head. He's got to press that God. button thirty times a day. One more time, and she'll <laughs> and that bitch is done for. <laughs> it was so horrible, and I just realized, like, what? Are, why do these people live here? 
Like, what is it that they want out of this experience? Like, what can Life, they gain? Why do they exist? <laughs> like, I really, like, it must just be a place where, because I had been, I had had this experience where I went to the craft store. In, in, in Los Angeles, there's a sort of, uh, there's a garment district downtown. Uh, that where you where there's lots of fabric and fabric stores and things like that, and so I went downtown to uh, uh, buy some crafts that I needed to. Pre- I was buying some silk flowers to wear as a boutonniere, and <laughs> naturally, naturally, and we know, <laughs> and um, so I went on Yelp to uh, I, I went on Yelp to see what's the best uh, place to buy some silk flowers in the flower slash fabric district, which are right next to each other. I figured that's the place to go, right? And uh, I noticed that all of the reviews, as always on Yelp in Los Angeles, were about A, parking lots, mm-hmm. and B, whether the parking lots kept made it so that you didn't have to walk down the sidewalk. Because, oh my God, it's in a really shifty neighborhood. <laughs> and I feel like, th- what are, why do those people live in, the, in that building? Why are those people who have sought out this place to live, I feel like the people who talk about bums in their... Yelp review of a craft store uh, are the same people are, are somehow the same people living in these downtown lofts. They must never go out their door. Sounds like everybody. Yeah, it sounds like you should want to live with a lot of other people who are super fuckable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? We want roidy guys. We want what chesty you, babes. We want, we want mean ladies. ladies. We yeah. want insane security guards. Yeah. And I want to fuck all of them. Yeah, sure. I mean, this sounds like this could just turn into a real kind of a real Greco, downtown Greco fest. Roman downtown fuck fest. But I want to, <laughs> I want to be clear that while I I understand why uh, why our friend you know, Donald before Glover, this AIDS gets off the ground, why why our friend Donald Glover was moving out of this apartment. It was a, it was a lovely party. And what was your, what was your experience at the at the party? My story was actually one of um, uh, hope. And um, thank uh, God, because because honestly, because what happened is I had a lot of hope because I ran into Sprinkles and I was really happy to see him. I hadn't seen him in a long time. Had a nice talk with him and Jonah Ray. And then uh, everything got turned to shit by these roid people. (sighs) But Dave, you learned the true meaning of Christmas from what I understand. So I was there. I ran into uh, just a whole kind of mini circle of of friends that that I wasn't expecting to see, but great people. And, uh, And a friend of mine. Who is an even newer acquaintance than any of any of these other people was there was there, and I got to talking to him, and you know slowly I got to, we I, he and I got to talking, and it was very friendly, and we were both uh, kind of um, kind of scoping out the the patio area together, and he said, uh, "Oh man, there's wow, there's a lot of a lot of girls at this party with really big eyes," and I and <laughs> and he wasn't. You know, being sarcastic and he it was wasn't a, making a euphemism. Was looked, he excited about that or was he concerned? He was like, he was excited in that kind of, not heartsick, but kind of romantic, like, oh man, like, look at these beautiful women. Yeah. And then I, and like, I looked at my, gonna, my periphery and there were, yeah, there was like two or three girls with, with, I would say, larger than normal eyes, sure. like very kind of piercing. And, uh, and that sort of became a running gag where we'd kind, kind of, of thing you can get, you can start swimming in. Yeah. I get lost in those, in those yeah, puppies. Like, 
Lipid, lipid pools. Maybe they're lipid pools. Maybe they're uh, uh, Mr. Limpid. Limpid maybe they're being framed by those oversized librarian glasses. You know mm. what I'm talking about? Not the little square rectangle no, 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 ones. No. That's yesterday's news. No, I'm all the the uh, the sort of practically bottom of the nose to eyebrow size jumbo grannies. <laughs> I like when they're oh. wearing a virtual reality helmet. Oh yeah, I like a, I like a girl who wears a virtual boy to a party. Yeah. Talk about uh, talk about a world you can get lost in. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, so we would sort of disperse... A Wario's world. <laughs> the Wario game for Virtual Boy. I played it. Uh, it came standard with the, with the system. Did it? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so we would... My friend and I would disperse and we'd come back. Uh, we'd kind of reconvene every maybe like 20, 30 minutes and he would just... He would be like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're still everywhere. And lo and behold, you know, they, they just seemed to be wherever we would go, they would go. And, uh, and he sort of started fixating on one girl in particular... Uh, and it just sort of seemed like this far flung, like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, admire her from afar, and then I'm gonna leave. And uh, and then he sort of came back, and, and there was a sad, there was a dip in, in the in the joy because he said, "Well, it looks like she's found a looks like she's found a guy. She's sitting over there talking to a guy. It's over. I mean, it was a nice, it was and nice she's while standing it lasted." Standing next to the security guard, and they're both pushing, they're both pushing buttons pushing on G. the elevator. <laughs> ground, ground, they're alternating, ground. pushing. It's G. important to have hobbies. Trying to kill those. Sure. They they both got demons to kill. Why not? Sure. Whether, with repetitive tasks. Yeah. Whether you're a younger person who hasn't had yet, yet had children, or you're an older person who's looking for something <laughs> to fill your time during retirement, it's important to have hobbies. It's important to have buttons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so, have the craft store. They have the elevator button. Some people have silk flowers. Some people have a repetitive task that mm-hmm. stops the voices in their head. Sure. sure. Uh, so the last thing that happened at this party, after he said, you know, it looks like the dream is over. She's found her man. Still, no one has – there's been no interaction. There's not even been eye contact. Okay. But we're leaving. I'm saying goodbye to people. I'm waiting in the, in the line for the bathroom. He's waiting to two people behind me. He's at the bottom. He's at the end of the line. Out of nowhere, this girl comes up to him, and I hear, hey, is this the, is this the line for the bathroom? Time out. Yes, it fucking is. There's nothing it is except the line for the bathroom. So it clearly was You guys a are all comically holding your crotches yeah. and doing yep. like a little dance. Doing a pee dance. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, it is. And I'm like, oh, it's, this is over. He's too shy. He's not going to say anything. And, she, and then she goes, hi, I'm, forget her name, but she introduced <laughs> wow. herself. Wow. Classic Hollywood opening. Sure. Meet cute. Meet and greet. Yeah. He responds. They peed on each other. <laughs> Needless to say, it was a golden shower, Greco-Roman fuck fest <laughs> in a downtown way. <laughs> no, but in a downtown uh, way. But I was. But, Michael but, Michael Jackson and my, Gerald Casale from uh, Devo were smoking PCP. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Vincent Gallo was in town. He was there taking snapping snapping Polaroids. Uh, no, but I left the party, and they were talking to each other. And uh, and it seemed like something was happening, so hey. I left that party believing not only in the power of Hollywood magic, but also in love. Wow! You know what? At the end of the day, no matter what you throw in its path, be it security guards, giant boobs, Michael Keaton, Michael <laughs> Keaton, <laughs> the downtown- he's back, guys. He's back in a big way. A, a rejection of the previously accepted values of what art is. <laughs> We all Campbell know. Soup cans. <laughs> we all know AIDS. That, the AIDS epidemic. We all know that love will triumph. Yeah. yeah. Dave Horowitz, Jordan Morris. I'm Jesse Thorne. 
We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Dave Horowitz, mayor of Mars. It's great to have you here, Dave. Great to be Wait here. a minute. Are you the Dave Horowitz from the WB.com's hit series Downers Grove? I am. I try not to talk about it a lot, but... I'm sorry. I, don't mean to, I know you get accosted yeah. a lot. I don't mean to embarrass you. But because a lot of times I'll go to the WB.com slash Downers Grove. Downers hyphen Grove. Downers hyphen Grove. And, well, I thought that I thought everyone knew that URL, so I didn't feel like I needed. It's to It's like what well, you don't say. I mean, you don't say Google.com. Google. Google. You, you say, you say Google. Google. Right. Sure. So anyway, I'm just, kind of, I'm just kind of nervous to be here in the same room with you. Is all I'm saying. I'm honestly, I'm flattered. But when we, when my production team, Sorry Dad Productions, and I made Downers Grove for the WB.com, WB.com slash Downers hyphen Grove. We just wanted to make something that people could relate to, and people would just maybe like have fun watching. I mean, it's a little freaks and geeksy in tone. Sure. Uh, sure. You know, it's a little goofy. It's the goofy side of serious. Um, you know what I really loved you in? Multiplicity. Oh, man. Uh, and Batman. I'm, the first Batman. Su- I'm super flattered, but uh, I-, I think you might be thinking about Michael Keaton. Yeah, and I love you in Out of Sight, too. Oh man! Uh, such a wonderful performance, in and I played the same character in uh, in Jackie Brown. Yeah, so I, absolutely, and I love Jackie Brown. I think it's probably the most underrated Tarantino film because of your great work, Dave. Yeah, thank you. Um, Is that th- that's the reason it was underrated? Yeah, Batman <laughs> Returns also an underrated work I, of mine. I liked it. Huh? Because I liked it. <laughs> no, I thought you were saying <laughs> that it would be gay. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I'd say I'd say my my. Favorite thing I've ever been in is, is Batman Returns, uh, which sure. is super That's a, like a personal yeah. movie for you. Like, yeah. I could tell it was like, maybe they didn't want to make it, but you used some of your star muscle mm-hmm. to just push that through. And then the fan favorite, of course, is Mr. Milf. Who wants to take some telephone calls? We do. When something <laughs> monumental happens to you, we ask that you call in 206-984-4FUN and let us know for our... Hit segment, Momentous Occasions. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Kevin from Petaluma with sort of a momentous occasion. Maybe it's just a creepy occasion. Uh, I was just walking out of a supermarket here in my hometown, and uh, a 10-year-old girl, a little husky 10-year-old girl, giving me the jack-off, the international... (laughs) The sign for jacking off. Yeah. So that happened. It's momentous. Absolutely. You got to hand it to it. It was a moment. That's an occasion that happened. It's a magical moment in somebody's life. She's husky. Do you think it was just a situation of like she saw a, you know, older sibling doing it and didn't know what it meant? Uh, I think the description of her being husky, she's 10 years old, she's hanging out by a, what do you say, a supermarket? Yeah. I think she's got she's high she's on got nitrous. a chip she's got a chip on her shoulder. So sure. that, that jack off motion is motivated. Yeah, okay. Maybe that was just to the general world around her. Like yeah, hey fuck, society. Fuck the world. Yeah. You made hostess cakes taste Hey Axaw <laughs> and Slappy Face. This is Paul from Missouri and I'm calling with a momentous occasion. I just got a perm to help a friend pass beauty school. 
Now that's a momentous occasion, right? Sure. Yeah. It's lovely. It's a beautiful moment in anyone's life. For more than one person. <laughs> Passing beauty school, getting a perm. Yeah, not a bad hairdo choice. Absolutely not. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. This is Adam from Denver. Um, I just was walking past a bar, and on the outdoor patio, I witnessed a dog birthday party. There were lots of dogs running around as if they were these people's children, wearing party hats, being sung to, and given treats. I'm freaking out a little bit. I don't really know what to think about this and what this means for the rest of us. Uh, Take care, guys. I'll tell you what it means. It means everything's going to be okay (laughs) in the world. Sure. This this whole oil spill thing's going to get taken care of. Within a week. Yeah, sure. What kind of jerk is against her dog having a birthday party? That's great news. Yeah. So I think, here's, I think, what I'm curious about is, is this, is this, is this the uh, kind of settled down hipster set having a dog birthday party, or is this a bunch of old ladies? It's not I'm fine entirely with different. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that one is. You I'm know, sick of these better, people. But... I'm sick of these people telling my telling me not to treat my dog like a child. I don't have a child. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll treat, treat my dog. You got to treat something that way. And you know what? Most of the things that people will say to you that are weird about t- treating your dog like a child, they're things that would be weird if you were treating a child that way. Yeah. <laughs> like putting clothes on it. Children <laughs> should be naked. Uh, here's what I think. Hipster or not, I don't think irony factors into this at all. I think, I think you, I want to believe that it was an irony-free dog birthday party because you should be able to enjoy the company of <laughs> a bunch of dogs. A bunch of hats. dogs. Yeah, that was my biggest. I, I was, I was so glad that he answered it. I was gonna. My only question were was the be, dogs were they wearing, wearing hats? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's easier to find if you are, you know, if you are one of the settled down hipsters to uh, find a bunch of other settled-down hipsters who want to have a dog party. I would think it would be tougher for an old lady because, you know, it's probably harder to find a bunch of other old ladies who are on board for that kind of thing. Because a lot of their husbands are still alive. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And they think it's gay. And if not, they've got a baker's dozen of cats. And so <laughs> they can't take their one dog out. Hi, Jordan and Jesse. Um, I'm just calling because today I made my first dick joke which I definitely attribute to um, all the time I spend listening to you guys because I feel like my friends don't really do that that much. But uh, I did it where I was driving with two of my guy friends, and it went over excellently. They were totally floored. Isn't that what, nice? was what, what was, was it? What was it? Where, Come okay, on. Maybe, maybe she says what it is. Okay. So, yeah. Thanks for... No. She doesn't. Oh. She doesn't. That is what we like to call joke blue balls, sure. which is in and of itself a dick joke. <laughs> yeah. You could learn something, lady. But I'm... Proof. Stand and Deliver. We need... Stand and Deliver starring Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> I feel right? like... No. No. Uh, Another Mexican. James Lu- Olmos. <laughs> there Edward you go. James Olmos. Lou As Diamond I... Phillips. Edward James Olmos. Jaime potato. Escalante. Potato. I had this... Dick and balls. I had this amazing uh, Edward James... That's what they should... That's, they should do like a cop show. Edward James Olmos and Lou Diamond Phillips called Dick and Balls. <laughs> um, Which one's Dick? Edward James, One. Edward James Olmos is, is Olmos. A, a, favorite, a favorite actor of mine. I, I was always... Uh, I've always been a big fan of the film and play Zoot Suit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was having dinner with a lady who uh, wrote for Battlestar Galactica, 
and uh, she kept calling him Eddie. Mm. Uh, not as a douchey Hollywood thing, but because that's a, his name that he goes by. Um, and I could not have been more disconcerted by the idea of someone, not just, not just that that's his name, but that anyone would call him that, even if it is his name. I hear in an interview contact, in an interview context, uh, Anthony Hopkins says, just call me Tony. Wow. Yeah. Sir Anthony wants to be called Tony? Just wants to be called Tony. But to be fair, when you're talking to Sir Anthony, there's no doubt, there's no danger that he might cut you. Yeah. You do what he says. Yeah. With Edward James almost. I bet, no, here's the thing. I think Anthony Hopkins might have a cane sword. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sure, I think uh, Edward James almost might have some sort of concealed razor blade. That's certainly a concern. But Anthony Hopkins, uh, he probably has a cane sword. I've also heard that. uh, Or a gun sword. If you look at it in the wrong way in an interview, Michael Caine will pistol whip you. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Uh, he's upset because Americans confuse lower class and upper class British accents. There's That's a distinction. He's upset about. Yeah. yeah, people think he's Tony, uh, when in fact uh, he's not. He's a, he's a street tough. Yeah. Okay. He was well, a pauper. <laughs> sure, he grew up a pauper, and and now he's a prince. <laughs> and now he is prince. <gasps> you didn't know that? What? Yeah, Prince has been <laughs> Michael Caine is Prince. Yeah, Michael Caine is Prince. I'm Michael Keaton. <laughs> Who are you? Caine <laughs> Sword. Caine Sword. We'll be back in just a second <laughs> on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Dave Horowitz, the mayor of Mars. Did you like how this episode uh, had a uh, was sort of a, in a way a return to uh, my world famous rants? Yeah, sure. A lot yeah. of me belly aching in this yeah. week's show. Apparently, there's uh, your your craw is stuffed with Something. sticky sticky <laughs> items. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we all did a fair amount of complaining in this episode. That's good. Sometimes the yeah. world needs a little goosing. Just a little negativity. Sneak up behind it and squeeze sure. the balls. Absolutely. Get in, that's not get what a goose is. Under. Not what a goose no, is. Yeah, that's <laughs> goosing is. Squeeze the bottom. It yeah. is. I, that, me and my grandpa used to goose each other all the time. That's oh, not. That's, you were molested. Yeah, you oh, thought, my God. Uh, what you thought was happening was something totally different. Yeah. Oh, and it's what uh, fucked you up. Oh, this shook out <laughs> so weird. Oh, oh. I'm so sorry. No. Do you want to talk about it? Don't want to talk about it. Let's talk about it off air. Okay. Let's do it off air. Let's have fun. While we're on air, remember, our job is not to talk about molestation. It's to give the world a little goosing. Sure. Yeah. Just just to remind people that you can, if you can laugh at yourselves and you can laugh at the world around you, then you're not doing so bad. Yeah. Look, Michael, it's been such a pleasure to have you. Oh, yeah. Uh. Go see Batman uh, in theaters nineteen summer nineteen eighty nine. We will, Michael. We will. <laughs> oh, Dave should Horowitz. We, should we buy the tie-in McDonald's burger? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I contains, thought you would say yes. It contains trace amounts of poison. Dave, wow. When people, well, thanks for being real about that, Mike. I mean, usually people would just shill the tie-in product, but my fans are really important to me, and if they all die, there's going to be no one left to pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I watched uh, Michael Keaton on David Letterman uh, He and uh, Letterman and Tom Brokaw Go fishing together in the, Real, As like a field the, piece? No 
Oh, as, real life. As buds. Oh, they, as you just re- they don't, you don't see it. They just related. They're real life friends. Wow. Well, Letter- Possibly it was Dan Rather, but I think it was Tom Brokaw. <laughs> I mean, either way. Well, Letterman and Keaton were, they started doing stand up together like at the same time out here. They really did, but I don't know how Tom Brokaw fits into it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen Keaton's stand up. Oh, that's a gay, that's bad. a gay thing. <laughs> it is pretty bad. It's horrible. But here, but, but. Michael Keaton's great. Yes. You won't get me to say anything bad about Michael Keaton. He's great. Well, Except that his stand up is bad. stand up's terrible. Yeah. But that was. 30 some odd years ago and it was a stepping stone to get to such a lucrative film career that includes classic hits as Multiplicity uh, The Gangster one The uh, Gangster The Naked Gun Johnny Dangerously There you go Sure Uh, Others Mr. Milf Mr. Milf Mr. (laughs) Mother I'd Like to Fuck He's got to take care of his kids at home and he's super fuckable Dave Very Dave let's just say that uh, I go on the internet I type into my address bar which is at the top of my browser I type in the WB.com, uh, and then I forward slash downers hyphen grove. What, what would I find there? I think the hyphen will take you there. If you just want to, if you want to just throw caution to the wind and type in the WB.com, uh-huh. what you're going to get is you're going to get a site with a lot of original content. You're going to get a lot of Veronica. I love Mo- content. Gonna, I'm a young uh, person, so dude, I seek out content. Jordan, this will appeal to you. <laughs> I'm going to direct this right to you, Jesse. Do you I'm mind? Gonna, you, you, can I interject here? Yeah. I'm part of W.E.B. Du Bois's Talented Tenth. Does that get me anywhere? The Talented Tenth. Being, being an African-American professional. Does that get me anywhere? It gets you a free membership to the WB.com. Thank God. And to the WEB.com. Great. <laughs> uh, but if you go to the WB.com, you will get... I may be, I may be mixing up my uh, turn of the 20th century African-American leaders. W.E.B. Doys, the, the Talented Tenth? Uh, sounds right to me. But, okay. I will. But I'm a racist. <laughs> so. Uh, Congratulations on becoming Grand Wizard. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Was that tough? Uh, no. <laughs> I just had to do some things that were horrible. <laughs> yes. Uh, WB.com. You're gonna but they're get... quite easy because I don't have a hypothalamus. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Okay, so if I go to the wb.com <laughs> slash downers hyphen grove. If you go to that site, you're going to find episodes of Veronica Mars, <laughs> episodes of Friends, episodes of One Tree Hill. But you can also get original. After you're done with all of them. After you've watched every season of all of those shows, <laughs> you can get original content. And one of those original shows is a show called Downers Grove. It's a, it's a show about four friends who never left their hometown after graduating high school. It's a little bit sad. It's a little bit funny. It's a little bit rock and roll. That's great. And that's only because there's a little bit of rock music on the soundtrack. Sure. It keeps things moving. Keeps things, yeah. yeah. Uh, It's really funny. Cameos include John Ennis from Mr. Show, Kyle Kinane uh, from the world of stand-up comedy, and your hearts and mine. Um, Sure. And uh, next time around, who knows? Maybe some popular podcasters will be cast in it. Yes. Uh, the episode where the dudes go on on a uh, podcast on a popular <laughs> Los Angeles podcast, or you guys could play alter egos of yourselves. Yeah, possibly Jordan and Jesse's cousins who live in suburban Illinois, where Diners Grove is set. Can I pitch mm-hmm. something to you? Yes, it's a show. Of, it's about a podcast, mm-hmm. but where in order to keep up with the hectic pace of modern life. We've used DNA to create exact clones of ourselves. <laughs> but uh, each clone is 
a little bit off. Oh, yeah. And one of them takes care of his kids at home, and he's super fuckable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, on July 10th, uh, we are having Volunteer Day here at Max Fun World Headquarters. Um, I want to mention, for those who live in the Los Angeles, Southern California area, uh, here's what happens on Volunteer Day. Um, we're going to be sending out all of these uh, T-shirts that are coming in the mail mm-hmm. for the, all our thank you gifts for the pledge drive. Um, we will be enjoying pizza uh, that I will be providing. Uh, explain what that is. Explain how to enjoy it. It's a, t- <laughs> it's a type of cheesy sauce bread. Huh. And... Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that expensive? Uh, you'll be meeting the other very friendly people at MaximumFun.org uh, Doing your part to make the world a better place Invited guests include Jordan Morris We'll see what his uh, travel schedule is like I will certainly be there Coco the Brown Dog will be there The world famous uh, dog co-star of this very program um, If you can uh, participate We need maybe half a dozen more people to come and help out uh, uh, You can email Christian uh, at MaximumFun.org. Christian at MaximumFun.org. That's our intern, Christian. He's keeping the RSVP list. He will send you the details, but it is Saturday, July 10th, and uh, it will start around 11 a.m. and go until, you know, quitting time, sometime before dinner. Uh, and we will be packing up stuff and uh, taking it to the post office, and everybody will be getting their stuff. Wow, and a free trip to the post office, too, huh? Our, our DVDs are in the mail now. Okay. Uh, the, so if you're a donor, uh, you should be getting your DVDs unless you put the wrong address into your PayPal, which a surprisingly large volume of people do. Um, That's confusing. Yeah, but July 10th, email Christian at MaximumFun.org. There's also information on the website, so you can just go to MaximumFun.org and uh, click on it in the sidebar there. Um, do we have any other important things to say? Uh, I don't. Okay, sure. 206-984-4-FUN is the number to call. If you have thoughts about the show, you want to share something, ask us a question, you got a case for Judge John Hodgman, uh, uh, you got an action item that you think we should propose, uh, something momentous happened to you, 206-984-4-FUN. You can email us at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design from the album Kites Are Fun, the best of The Free Design, which we... Encourage you to go out and get, and uh, we'll see you on the forums at maximumfund.org and uh, next week or so, right here on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs>